to Faith FM. This is a breakfast show. Listening right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. On 87.6, 87.8, and 88. This is Mon and Lawson. And <laughs> producer Jazz. You! Hey! Uh, welcome to the breakfast show, guys. Uh, <laughs> dude, okay, I take back everything I said yesterday about Lyle being a sook. Oh, yeah? Because I called him last night to see how he was doing, whether or not he was coming in today. I've never heard him sound so disgusting. It was revolting. He was like, "Oh, like, please, oh, just never do that again." Like that is, please, just, yeah. just why? And he we... kept doing it every time he went to talk. He like did this whole, and I was just like, well, "I'm gonna throw up." I have to get off the phone. Sorry. I'm feeling a bit queasy after yeah, that. Yes, sorry, rank. You could like hear the booze. Anyway, poor Lyle. He genuinely is sick. Probably made worse by the fact that you know, producer. Shell is off on her boat. Classic. Classic. I wonder if he's even told her. Or whether or not he's just been like, I'll let her have a good time and not let her worry about me. Or yeah. not he's like making her feel bad. Yeah, he's like, I'm so sick and you're not here to help me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, some wife you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sting. <Oop-dee. laughs> anyway, uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. Mm. Um, but not too soon because we want to enjoy some time with little awesome. What are you grateful for this morning, Lawson? I'm grateful for Domino's. Pizza? Yeah. Oh, reels? How yeah. Come? Because if you didn't know this already, Monica, they may they now have plant-based meat. I know. And oh, what? They have plant-based meat? Yes. As well as the cheese? Cheese. So cheese and meat now. It's like a plant-based beef substitute. Dude, i got to get me and some Domino's. And it's lit. I had, I had it last night. I was like... Dude, I'm yeah, ordering this, this for lunch today. Like, you know, it is like an $8 pizza and it's classic Domino's. But at the same time... At the same it, time... It's still a plant-based I meat. am so going a big old vegan pizza from Dom Doms. Yeah. That's amazing. I knew they did the vegan cheese. I didn't know they'd branched off into, like, meat subs. Yep. That's where the future's at. The plant is... Dude. The, f- the future is plant-powered. Anyway, I am really grateful for my car because not only are the door handles fixed and the lights are fixed and the oil's been checked and she just goes at the clappers. And I'm super grateful for all the men in my life who make sure my car runs smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, great show coming up for you today. This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. Did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head? Someone such as I At the cross, at the cross Where I first saw the light The burden of my heart rolled away And it was there by faith I received my sight And now I am happy all the day Was it for Christ that I Suffered on a tree Amazing pity Grace unknown And love beyond At the cross, at the cross Where I first saw the light And the burden of my heart Rolled away It was there
welcome back. You're listening to Breakfast Show this morning mm-hmm. with Mon and Lala Lawson. Yes. You hate it when I say Lala Lawson, don't you? I hate it. It sends <laughs> shivers down my spine. <laughs> I'm just going to keep on doing <laughs> oh, it. <no. laughs> um, this morning we have a breakfast Bible quiz. Yes. I want to say it's pretty hard. The question is, who am I? This is a Bible character. And the first clue is this. It was said about me. Do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming from its mother's womb with all its flesh half eaten away. What? <laughs> yeah, I literally didn't know that was in the Bible, that quote. If you know who that's talking about, give me a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. 1-800-324-843. You can text your guesses as well. The number is 0491-064-669. Uh, if you get it right, I'm going to send you a prize. If you get it right before Lawson gets it right, I'm going to send you two prizes. Man, the quizzes lately have been really difficult. Oh, maybe you've just dumbed down a bit. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's really horrible. Ouch. <laughs> Look, I had to make them harder <sighs> because you guys are just like smoking your way through them. Yeah, we are. But what about everyone else? Well, yesterday they did give you a bit of yeah. a run for your money, didn't yeah. they? Oh, I, I got the third one. I knew, I knew that. I, By the I knew the second teeth. one and I knew the third one. Yeah, but the so, two people still got double prizes yesterday. Whatever. Look, I didn't want to bring it up, but that's what happened yesterday. Yeah, I know <laughs> that's what happened, Monica. I was there. <laughs> you should you should, you should, should feel proud. You should you'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting so good at this. She has to find really hard ones. Okay. I'm just up-leveling you. you up-leveling? Is that a word it is I don't now? think so. Maybe. I just leveled you up. Leveled me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> What's what, what good news do we have going? I want to ask, am I allowed to ask about that yet? I'm so curious. Yeah, okay. Like, I, I was guess. so happy. My, my day just immediately got like a million percent better because I walked in the studio and Lawson whips out a... Uh, what is it? It's called a, mel- a melodica. Melodica. Yeah. I started playing it and I was instantly so happy because I love the sound of these things. But they're in, to me, they're in the same family as like an accordion or a kazoo. They're in that yeah. sort of like level of like just enough kitsch with a really cool sound that you yeah, just yep. love it. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I'm so stoked. Why, why have you, for those of you who don't know what a melodica is, it looks like a tiny, tiny, tiny toy piano. It's probably like the circumference has the same uh, length as the circumference of a pizza. Um, but it's rectangular. And then coming off one side, <clears throat> there's a, a hose, like literally like a little, a little hose. And you has a little mouthpiece on there and you blow down the hose and then you play the, you tickle the ivories on the little, <laughs> on the little baby piano. Yeah. But what is, what is going on with that? Why have you brought this in? Oh, it's just like, I, I don't know. I wanted to play it. So I bought <laughs> this a couple of weeks ago and it was yeah, just like. The biggest impulse buy of all time, but it was super worth it. And so, <laughs> where do we even buy these things? Like, what shop has? A- I bought it on eBay. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that explains it. Classic. <laughs> I was like, I had to buy a wireless charger for my phone, and then that got recommended. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess I need to buy that too. <laughs> Went to get a charger, came back with a melodica. Oh, with a melodica, Love yeah. So, and it's it's awesome. And this is a really good one too. This is like a it's a Yamaha, so it's. Quality I can't they brand. even make them. Like aside from like, is is this actually made to be an instrument or is it made to be a toy? No, it's an instrument. Wow. In fact, like this is a, so this is a thirty-two key one, mm-hmm. and it, uh, what? I think you know I paid around like seventy bucks for it, 
Like, it's like a legit instrument. But then you, if you get, like, a 37-key one that are made out of, like... Yamaha have another model of this that's 37-key that's, like, made out of, like, metallic oh. and all this stuff. It's, oh. like, that That one's, like, legit, like, 150 that's bucks. That's the one you wish for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. this one comes... Like, I'm seeing now it's comes with its own little carry case, like a proper... Yeah, like, yeah. Can you give us a little... Can you give us a little <laughs> tune? Now that, now that we're talking about this instrument on air, I feel like we have to hear it. Okay. Go ready? on. Go ready? on. It's going to be hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) It does kind of sound like some sort of old French kind of thing happening. When when a clown cuts you off in traffic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thank you for bringing that into the studio. I really, I really like it's, it. It's a great prop. I love it. It's, it's awesome. Anyways, what other good news? I have got a crazy, on? amazing story, right? Uh, about a guy. His name's Doug Lindsay. Um, mm. This is this is incredible. So he was actually about to enter his uh, his final year at Rockhurst University uh, in Missouri, um, and he came home from his first day of class uh, only to basically be plunged into a real life final project that took him 13 years to finish. And do you know what it was? What? Uh, to find the origin and cure for a mysterious condition that basically plagued the bodies of his family for generations and now oh, is wow. targeting his own. Mm. Um, so on that day, he was only 21 years old. Apparently the room began to spin around him and he collapsed onto the dining room table. This is in 1999. Um, and as a um, biology major, he had seen him, you know, he, had, he was aiming to become a biochemistry professor. And, um, and yeah, so this really sidelined him. Um, he'd always wondered uh, whether or not the debilitating condition that had actually affected his mum and his aunt in their early adult years uh, would eventually affect him. And so when that happened, you know, he contacted his mum and said, yeah, I'm going to have to drop out of school because I know exactly what this is. It's what you guys have. Um, so apparently his mum had gotten weaker until she couldn't pick him up when he was just 18 months old. By the time um, he was four, she couldn't walk. And she lived on for decades, but she was too frail to do anything um, beyond submitting, you know, to years of testings. But nothing was ever confirmed about the condition. So it's basically like a mystery condition. Mm. Um, so he's had the same thing now. And his ability to stand and, and ability to walk got worse. And um, he realized that all the physicians and the specialists were, you know, they're no more enlightened about, you know, than what, when they tested his mum and his aunt. Um, and then finally, uh, one puzzled doctor told him that he should see a psychiatrist. Uh, he knew that this was, you know, becoming a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a joke, really. Like no one knew what it was. No one had known for decades. They'd never known with his mum and aunt. They didn't know with him. Um, and so uh, he decided, you know what, he's going to, he was going to treat this like a mystery. So he started working through the clues in his living room um, from the hospital bed where he stayed for 22 hours a day. Um, he ended up being bedridden for 11 years. Oh, wow. 11 years, whole time working on this. So he was poring over medical books he collected. Um, he recalled a 2,200-page endocrinology textbook he picked up next to a trash can on, on the on the school campus. Um, and so he began reading that. Uh, he was hoping it would, you know, hold the secret as to what was wrong with his family. Um, and as he read through the book a second time, a passage caught his attention and gave him an idea. Um, so his mother suspected that her weakness was related to her thyroid somehow. Um, but this book suggested adrenal gland problems can share the same symptoms with thyroid issues. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so he formed a pretty bold hypothesis that there existed entire class of diseases of the nervous system still undiscovered by medicine. Mm. Like this guy is doing this from a hospital bed. Yeah. Like he's got the disease um, and he's trying to fix it. Um, so he knew he needed to find like a pretty courageous doctor interested in pursuing new discoveries. Um, and he found that partner in Dr. Um, Cecil Coglin, who was a medical professor at the University of Alabama. Um, and this doctor thought the young student might be onto something. So he helped Doug begin an uh, IV protocol of non-adrenal to counter any excessive adre- adrenaline his glands might be producing. Like This is crazy. Basically, he proved the experts wrong and invented, ended up inventing a surgery to cure himself. <laughs> that is insane. That's amazing. Like 11 years bedridden and then proves everyone wrong and invents a surgery to fix himself and his, his mum and his aunt. Man, I'll tell you what, that's putting your time to good use. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you've got 11 years and stuck in bed. Mm. Um, so, yes, yeah, so they developed a drug as well, which um, usually is prescribed to critically ill patients to raise blood pressure. Um, but it actually worked enough to get him walking again. Mm. Um, so he was walking, you know, just in little short periods around the house and so forth. Um, and then he ended up being hooked up to the bag of liquid continually for, for six years. Um, but yes, yeah, so they basically discovered that their bodies were producing too much adrenaline. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So, so they, they reckon that, that you know, that with the, they ended up with an adrenal tumor, basically, uh, being the, the culprit, even though scans had come up negative. Um, yeah, but they ended up finding it and removing it and now, now he's good. Yeah. Now he's good. Isn't that it's incredible? amazing? That it, is yeah. so epic. That is like the definition of not taking no for an answer in a dire situation. Like how in easy a hopeless would it be situation to give up? Yeah, I know, and especially because like your mum, your mum and your aunt had you know gave up essentially. Mm. This is incredible, and this guy has now changed the lives of people who might have this around the world and just given them mm. a new life. Basically, this is That's incredible. Awesome. Um, so good on this guy, and very inspiring story. You know, 11 years bedridden, you would have thought anyone would give up. But yeah, if you're in a dire situation, don't give up, even if it's 11 years. What a wondrous love is this, oh my soul, oh my soul. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul. What a wondrous love is this, this cause the Lord of bliss. To bear the dreadful curse for my soul To bear the dreadful curse for my soul What a wondrous love What a wondrous love What a wondrous love
I'm free, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing in joyful beat. And through eternity, I'll sing on. And through eternity, I'll sing. What a wondrous love What a wondrous love What a wondrous love What a wondrous love Welcome back to Faith FM. We are continuing on with our morning show, but before we get into some more news, we have more clues. <laughs> oh, Lawson. Lawson. I even write this stuff. Uh, it's, actually, it's actually said that rhyming is for people who can't come up with good puns. Oh. And it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, Lawson, you're hilarious. Okay, who am I? Do you want to hear the first clue again? Because it was a bit haggard. It, who am I? Which Bible character is this? It was said about me. Do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming from its mother's womb with its flesh half eaten away. Oof. Clue number two. My parents, <clears throat> excuse me, my parents are Jockabed and Amram. Which one's the chick? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jockabed and Amram. Am- mm. I want to say Jockabed might be the girl. Is Jockabed the girl? You don't need to not tell me. I know the answer. Producer Jazz is like motioning secrets to me. I think Jockabed might be the girl. Because it sounds, it's Amram sounds like Adam or something like that. You got you to give it a guess? You got to give it a guess? While you're guessing, I'm going to tell you about the prize. This morning, the prize is a wonderful book called Living in the Sunlight. Sorry, Walking in the Storm. Living in, did you just chuck the pen across the room in anger? No, I <laughs> chucked it across the, the desk, desk, not the room. Like, in literally, like, landed, like, maybe 10 centimetres away from me. There was me. Just, just violence there. Like, you know, I need like, more I clues. Okay, okay. The prize is Walking in the Storm, Living in the Sunlight. Uh, a beautiful book. Um, just illustrating the point that every storm is followed by sunshine. And, uh, and the Sermon on the Mount tells us um, how to find it. So this book, it, it goes through the Sermon on the Mount. Um, goes through the Beatitudes, the spirituality of the law, the true motive in service. It goes through the Lord's Prayer and it talks about judging, um, not judging, but doing. Uh, so give us a call, uh, 1-800-FAITH-FM. If you know the answer to our quiz this morning, you can get a copy of Walking in the Storm, Living in the Sunlight, a really beautiful, encouraging book. Nice. What's going on? What is going on? Well, I've got a bit of world news. It's actually super important because this has been going on for a while now, and I remember talking about it last time I was on. Re- I don't know. If is it was this about last Brexit? Time. No. Okay, because my phone blew up overnight about Brexit. Mm. I had so many notifications about Brexit when I woke up this morning. I was like, do you know what? I'm getting pretty sick about hearing about Brexit. Well, do it or don't do it. Well, just go what's over it. going? Oh, well, I wasn't going to talk about Brexit, but okay. I'll just quickly touch on the fact that yeah, Boris Johnson—they're all pushing for a revote. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone's pushing for a revote because people want to get Brexit through. So that's that's basically what's going on. Um, but also what's going on around the world is Hong Kong. And so this has been the forefront of world news for a while now. This super crazy protests that have been going on in Hong Kong. And I actually talked about last time when I was here how... Uh, the people stormed the government, like a thousand people stormed the government building in Hong Kong and like spray painted all over it and lit stuff on fire and all this stuff. Like it was getting wild, these protests. And basically the protests were going on because... And they were spreading. We had them here as well. Yeah, we had them basically everywhere. And the whole thing revolved around um, a policy of extradition. So basically the government had come up with this law that they could... Um, extradite people to mainland China if they wanted to, basically. If they wanted to send people to mainland China, they could. Um, And then they would be tried in Chinese courts that are run by a communist government as opposed to to Hong Kong's democracy. Mm. And so there was a big backlash against that and people just getting angry. And one of the big slogans that came out of this protest was, you know, uh, Hong Kong is not China, like we're not a colony and all this stuff. And But overnight, um, a huge announcement has been made. Carrie Lam, who is the leader of Hong Kong at the moment, has uh, actually withdrawn the extradition bill. Amen. Just completely withdrawn it. They've said, nope, this is no longer a thing. We're taking it back. Um, Even saying that she is keen to just move forward from this um, because... I want to know why they thought it was a good idea in the first place, but I am really happy that the, that finally leaders have listened to the people. Mm. Well, I, I think, you know, it's it's one of the first times I can remember in very, very recent history that a result's actually, uh, sorry, a protest has actually resulted in something. Yeah. Often they don't. Yeah, that's Often true. they don't. And that's often because, like, a lot of protests aren't really over things that it's super meaningful. But I think that... Well, some are, but some aren't. I was going to say what? (laughs) (laughs) Some are, some aren't. You know, I feel like anyone who can make a sign can go out and protest. And I've, you know, protest culture, I don't think is a super healthy thing unless you're standing up for God, like as Protestants and stuff. Anyways, the point being um, that, yeah, they listen to the people. And so the uh, extradition bill was withdrawn. And now it's, you know, it's really good, you know, because Hong Kong was becoming extremely violent. An yeah. extremely gnarly place to live in. And it was just getting worse Dangerous, and worse and yeah. worse. And at its peak, you know, um, it was getting to the point where people were scared to go outside and all this stuff, especially in Hong Kong, um, which is by no means like a third world country or even violent yeah, or dangerous. Well, shopping capitals of the world. Exactly. You know, um, but it was just getting worse and worse and worse. But now it's it's cleared up, basically. And it's, you could think, you, you ask the question, like, why would they think that's a good idea in the first place? Well, obviously, the, the pressure from mainland China. Like, China wants to have the ability to try people in their courts, to chuck people in jail. And, and they want the allegiance of Hong Kong and everything. So they, they would have been pushing for that. And I'm very surprised uh, because in, in the article I was reading, it said that they, that Carrie Lam had put forward twice um, a plan to withdraw the bill and China had rejected it every time. But I think after, once she had put forth, you know, for a third time, like, hey, do you see the state of our country? They were yeah. like... Okay. Yeah. So then they had the ability to withdraw and, uh, yeah. So basically it was China trying to take control of Hong Kong. Yes. That's crazy. Exactly. Man. That's exactly. China needs to calm down. And, you know, this actually happens really often. There's a number of countries. I think it was Vanuatu that Scott Morrison went to recently to, to, to talk to the Vanuatu 
people because China is just like Vanuatu doesn't tax people. Oh, they have no tax or anything, so their government is completely run by donations. Wow. And so yeah, it's it's wild. Like they just owe money to everyone, but no one takes <laughs> them up on like anything because it's just Vanuatu and it's a holiday capital. That's amazing. And so that's cool, but that means that. China's been rocking up there and it's like, hey, do you want us to build some roads? Do you want a bunch of money? And slowly buying the allegiance of Vanuatu. And so so Australia, you know, Scott Morrison rocked up there. He's like, oh, hey, guys, I just want to let you know, like, you're friends with us too and we'll give you money also. China's doing that with Kenya as well. Kenya, Ethiopia. Yeah. I was talking to Lyle about... Kenya over there and building roads and highways and making friends. Exactly. That's that's what's going... That's that's China's game at the moment. So they they tried to really force it on Hong Kong and they got huge backlash. But I think that's only because Hong Kong is like a first world country. Like with those smaller kind of countries that don't have the power to really say no. And they're so close. They can probably see the nonsense that's happening in China. They don't, they know they don't want to head that way. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, the influence is really spreading all over the world. Yeah. I wanted to quickly touch on something. Go on. That's a bit of a meme and it's a bit of a like thing that's going on at the moment. So basically this is an absolutely wild story that's coming out of Western Australia. Oh, wood, wood. This (laughs) this lady, her name's Scylla Carden, right? And she um, is a vegan and she, this is so bad for veganism, but she's been getting really mad at her neighbors because they've been having barbecues and like cooking stuff on their barbecues. And apparently, according to her, the smell has been wafting over into her yard. So she tried to take them to court. No. She tried to take them to court. Oh, it was this didn't. it was this um uh this islander family who were like making this food and stuff, having barbecues with their friends and families, and she tried to take them to court over it. And it was like a public court case, so a bunch of people found out and basically now a Facebook event has started um called Let's Have a Barbecue outside of the front of um of Silicarden's house. And <laughs> according to the event, um, 3,000 people will be attending. Oh, no. So it is like just the <laughs> most wild thing ever. Look, I, we definitely uphold a, a plant-based diet here, Amen. but we definitely don't uphold. Go around suing people for having bar- barbecues, you know. <laughs> You're going to have to let people live the lives they want to live. And if it involves having a barbecue, that's going to have to be like that. You know, if they were antagonizing her by having a 24-hour, every day of the week barbecue just to annoy her, then sure. But no. if they're just having a it's barbie, like, that's just it's their business. And it's so wild, too, because I feel like she's felt the pressure from this. And she's, you know, released a bit of a statement. She's like, oh, I, I you know, I don't persecute anyone or, you know, <laughs> who, who eats me. You know, I, I don't think bad of you if you eat meat. Like, if I, don't, I respect your opinion. I'm like, why are you taking people to court over having a barbecue? So it's just, just wild. But now this Facebook event started and it's just, this is just not good for anyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> vegans definitely have a knack for bringing bad publicity on themselves by doing <laughs> crazy stuff. But yeah, whatever your diet choices are, please um, be gentle with each other. Amen. <laughs> sent his son they called him jesus he came to love heal and forgive he lived and died 
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, or 88 right across Australia. And joining us on the phone this morning is Kent Kingston from Signs Magazine. Kent, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Lyle. It's great to be with you. And g'day, Australia. Yeah, and we're looking forward to our monthly update on what is happening in the world of Signs Magazine. So, yes, uh, yeah, it's September. Spring has sprung. Didn't that come around fast? 
<laughs> I know. Fantastic. Loving it. Um, it's in here in Sydney. It's um, yeah. It's been a really beautiful start of spring. A nice, fresh, clear blue skies. Yeah, re- really nice. And, and I think you guys had a bit of a shower of rain to kick it off at the, at the on the first day then as well. We yes, we, winter um, let us go with uh, with a few constant days of rain. So yes, we've we've definitely had, had a little bit of rain here on the coast. Um, not inland, unfortunately. Um, yeah, the, the farmers there are still doing it tough, but. On the coast, um, I guess you know most Australians live on a coast for a reason. This is where the this is where the best weather is. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Okay, so Kent, what have we got coming up in this month's edition of Science Magazine? Oh, look, where do I start, Lyle? There's uh, look, so many uh, interesting articles. Um, you know, sort of heavier stuff and and lighter stuff. Uh, it's, you know, we like to mix it up. The front cover story, though, is the do's and don'ts of workplace romance. Oh, now that sounds sounds Hello. interesting. <laughs> T- tales, well, look, tales of ribaldry. <laughs> That's right. This is uh, written by uh, by Suzanne Slade, um, who is who actually did meet her her husband through through the workplace, um, and she says, "Look, it's actually relatively common because when you think of the amount of uh, waking hours that we spend in the company of our colleagues as opposed to anyone else, it's not surprising." That um, you know we're going to form attachments in in that context, but it is a minefield because um, I mean you know what if things don't work out? You've still got to work alongside that person, um, and then there's the whole issue of well, what if the person who uh, you, you've got your workplace crush on happens to be you know your boss or someone who you have you know, some sort of supervisory authority over, then it starts to get messy real quickly and it's, uh, oh man, it's a, a real minefield uh, out there. So are there some pl- workplaces that place a ban on uh, any kind of workplace relationship? Yeah, oh, there are, absolutely. And and I can I can understand why. Um, <clears throat> but the fact, the fact is, as I said, we do spend most of our waking hours with people at work, and um, if we are, un, you know, unconnected, um, you know, not, not married or not committed uh, to someone else, then well, yeah, you will start looking around for. Hmm, I wonder where I could find a life partner. And, you and know, humans are humans, so, you know. You're not going yeah. to. You can you can put a ban on it, but you know, it's still going to happen. It's still those connections It'll, will still take place. That's right. It'll still happen. There will, there will be the, the quick liaison in the, the photocopier room. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and and that's a question, I guess, for employers. Uh, you know, is it best to put an outright ban on it or is, the, is it best to have some, some sort of reasonable guidelines to say, well, look, guys, when you're at work, we expect you to behave professionally and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, so uh, Suzanne actually gives some really good practical tips about how to manage that. She lays down some pretty clear boundaries about about uh, relationships that shouldn't happen, for example, where it is across that sort of authority line, because uh, that, that can be a real conflict of interest, you know, when, when there's a, a boss involved. And, and we've seen all these uh, horrific examples over the last couple of years, you know, coming out of Hollywood and these sorts of situations where uh, where particularly men um, with a, a lot of authority in a, in a workplace basically abuse that authority, yeah. um, you know, for, for, for their own um, 
yeah, that their own sexual interests, and um, that's it's just that's abuse, you know, basically. It's, power, it's an abuse of power. It's an abuse of power, and, it, and it's horrific. So, um, yeah, so it, it is certainly a challenge to say, well, you know, how, how do you bring an, an ethical um, and, and a moral, um, yeah, sort of set of principles to a situation that is as everyday as that? But look, if our values can't impact on the way we conduct ourselves at work, the way we conduct ourselves with our co-workers, well then, you know, what what good are they? I mean, this has got to be, you know, if, you, if you're a person of faith or if, I mean, most of us have values, we have right or wrong, whether we or not we're a person of faith. Sure. Um, but we've got to ask ourselves, you know, are we just paying, paying lip service to what we believe and what we think is right and wrong? Um, because, you know, this is when it gets tricky, but this is real life. So, hey, you know, <laughs> if, if if you believe it, it, well, it has been said that you can tell what you really believe by the way you act. Um, you know, people will say all sorts of things, but watch, you know, see what I do, not what I say. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a very relevant article, I think, because, you know, more increasingly we live in uh, um, urban centres in Australia where we mm. where we work in areas where there is um, often opportunity for a workplace re- relationship to take place. There are a lot of single people in our world today. And so, um, yep. yeah, super relevant right there. And even, uh, you know, at the media network where um, you're based, I remember there was a workplace relationship when I was working down there for a while. And um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. yes. There, yep, we, we we do have a, a couple now who both <laughs> who both work at Adventist Media, although uh, it's interesting that that has been discouraged historically that, you know, we don't really want couples working there, don't want to get the family dynamics mixed up with the workplace dynamics. I, I get that. But hey, humans will be humans. <laughs> and this is the and this was the thing, you know, because I understood, you know, coming in there, well, my wife can't get a job here. But what happens if you're single and you marry the person that is uh, working in the office next door to you? What are they going to do then? Boot them out? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, sorry for getting married. Exactly. It, it gets tricky pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, look, um, let, let me tell you about another article we've got. Um, it's it's entitled "God, Please Don't Let Me Die," and this is the uh, first person account by uh, a guy by the name of Hashim Garrett. Um, who, as a, a boy growing up, probably young teenage boy growing up in, in New York City, um, he was basically, you know, on a street corner one day and was shot by a just by another young guy who, you know, was wandering by and I don't know if he thought it was their turf or if he just wanted to big nerd himself or whatever, but. Yeah, took, basically took a pot shot at uh, Hashim and his friends, and uh, Hashim ended up uh, paraplegic and, and in a wheelchair. And and I guess the you know as I was saying, you know, if you, if you have your faith, you have your beliefs. Um, certainly, you know you can see what they really mean. You know when it comes to real life. But this is the other circumstance when you see when you find out what you really believe, and that's when something absolutely horrific happens. Mm. Um, so he's you know Hashim. He's he's a you know. Grown up now, you know, married with with kids, uh, but still in a wheelchair, still you know permanently affected by that one um, that one uh, incident, um, <coughs> and and his challenge is obviously, well, what, what do you do with that? You know, he was depressed for a long time. Um, his his mother gave him a, a Bible, which you know at first he wasn't interested in, but he began to read it. Um, in the end, you know, while he was in rehab and hospital and stuff, and it. It made an impact on his life. Um, what he was most confronted by, though, was Jesus' call to forgive. You know, um, the disciple Peter says to Jesus, you know, if, if my brother sins against me, you know, how, how many times 
should I should I forgive him? And you know the disciple Peter, you know, is trying to big note himself and says, "Well, what seven times?" You know, <laughs> thinking, "Well, that's pretty generous." And uh, <coughs> Jesus replies, "Well, no, not seven times, but seventy times seven. You know, basically saying, you know, infinite. You, you forgive and you forgive and you keep forgiving and you keep forgiving." Um, so this obviously for someone who's sitting there in rehab, you know, after having a bullet taken out of their spine and with their spinal cord severed. Um, how, how do you forgive that? You know, how do you forgive the person who, who did that? Um, and so, yeah, this was a struggle for him. But he, but I've, I've actually heard it said that you know, holding a, a grudge uh, against someone, holding that bitterness in your heart against someone, is like swallowing a poison pill and hoping the other person will die. Mm. You know, yeah, that's a really you know powerful I mean? illustration. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so Hashim had to um, basically confront forgiveness and, and had to forgive. And and he says, you know what? It's not actually just a one-time thing. I mean, obviously, the first time you decide to make that decision to forgive, that is a big moment. But he said, you know what? There, there are. It comes up again and again, and I have to continue forgiving and continue forgiving in order to maintain that that attitude of forgiveness, so that that bitterness doesn't drag me down again. So, yeah, that's that's pretty confronting, I reckon. That's a very I don't, confronting I don't know what story. You reckon, that's a very confronting yeah. story. I'd be keen to read that one, and uh, I also be keen to know what happened to you know the person that was forgiven and whether that had an effect on their life, whether they were ever found caught or otherwise. But mm, I guess mm. I guess the story will have those details. That's right. Yeah, there's yeah, there's certainly a lot more detail there. Um, look, at uh, Signs of the Times, we also like to get into health. Um, and <laughs> we've uh, we've got this Japanese phrase, hara hachibu. I don't know how your how good your Japanese is, Lyle. Oh, my Japanese um, is terrible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Basically, the the phrase hara hachibu um, encourages um, us all as we're eating to eat, not to eat until we're completely full, but to eat till 80% full. Um, and apparently, like research is showing, that this is uh, you know, one of the secrets for a, a longer and leaner life, as, as it says in the magazine. Um, just to have that little bit of self-control, you, know, you don't actually have to full, fill up to the top every meal. 80% is just about right. Um, and it's interesting how you, you, your body can adjust to that. I mean, I, I don't know if... You know, you're a skinny sort of fellow, Lyle. I don't know if you've ever sort of decided to go on a diet or, or anything like that. But I know a lot of us out here are, are struggling with um, knowing what the, you know, what the best um, size is for a serving, you know, when, when we're having a meal, um, you know, struggling with our weight and, and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, this 80% rule seems to be one simple little step that you can put into place just straight off to um, make an improvement to, um, to your life. Yeah, and, and that's, um, as you say, it's probably one of those things that I've never actually tried and thought about because I have that fast metabolism. But at the same time, you know, I do know how I feel when I eat until I'm full. I'm like, oh, I'm so full I can hardly move right now. Whereas yeah. if you do hold back that little bit, you do have a lot more energy to get back into your day. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. What else have you got for us there, uh, Kent? A couple of minutes left. Oh, look, mate, all, all sorts of stuff. I mean, still still on that um, that diet uh, sort of line, we have a book review. Um, the, the book is called The Healthiest People on Earth, and it's uh, by a California journalist uh, by the name of uh, John Howard Weeks. 
uh, just came out last year. And basically, John Howard Weeks says, you know what, he says, I grew up in, uh, in Loma Linda in California, which is a sort of an enclave of, of Seventh-day Adventists who uh, generally, well, I think about 50% of, of Adventists in, in Australia and, and the US are vegetarian, um, close to 100%. <coughs> oh, sorry. Uh, close to 100% don't drink alcohol uh, or, or smoke. Um, so, the, you know, this sort of healthiest people on earth label has been applied to Seventh-day Adventists in Loma Linda in particular. It's seen as a, a longevity blue zone, um, as is, you know, Okinawa in Japan, where this uh, you know, Hachibu um, statement comes from. Um, so these these longevity hotspots around the world, you know, people more more often there live to 100 than anywhere else. So, yeah, so John Howard Weeks was brought up in this environment, but um, yeah, as often happens, as he grew, it was like, you know, what what would my family know of, about, you know, how to live a happy life? And he basically went off and, and did his thing. But later in life, he came to appreciate those principles he'd been brought up with, and uh, started to integrate some of those in, into his into his life, um, and it really made an incredibly positive difference. So this is sort of the his story is the source of, of the book that he wrote, The Healthiest People on Earth. And uh, we have a review of this by one of my colleagues here, um, Mariana Venturi. And she says, you know what, I've I've been thinking for many, many years that, yeah, it would be a good idea to um, be vegetarian or even vegan. Um, but she'd sort of never got around to it. it. It had something to do with the fact that, you know, she loved barbecues and she loves Nando's chicken and, <laughs> and this sort of stuff. Um, but reading this book, she said, you know what, it didn't preach to me, it didn't guilt me, um, it didn't, you know, shock me with, you know, horrific, um, you know, images and stories of animal cruelty or, or anything like that. But nevertheless, it did really deeply um, impact on her. And she, since reading this book, has actually decided to uh, uh, go vegan herself um, and says, wow, I, I thought that I, this sort of lack of energy that I was feeling had something to do with with me or some illness that I was struggling with, but suddenly I've got I've got this energy. And yeah, she's feeling great. So yeah, that's that's a really interesting review. Um, you know, it's certainly worth, worth considering. Yeah, fantastic. Ken, thank you so much for joining us again this morning. Uh, very quickly, how do we get a hold of Science Magazine? Yep. Well, look, every month we upload all the feature articles onto the website, uh, which is signsofthetimes.org.au so yeah you can read all September articles there um, I, I should I probably shouldn't say all because like that Harahachi Boo for example is not a fe- not a full length feature article so oh, no no that, that will be there but there are look, there are other things there's Sudoku there's uh, crosswords there's uh, some like, little news snippets and health snippets and other little bits that you really have to, to subscribe to the magazine in order to get those um, and you can do that you can subscribe to the magazine it's only 26 bucks for a whole year's supply so comes every month except January. So you know, 11 magazines for 26 bucks, and the place to go again is signsofthetimes.org.au. Check it out. Fantastic, thank you so much, Kent. We uh, always enjoy your monthly review here on Faith FM. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear.
To Faith FM, positively different radio. Listen. Sydney Wolverton. I came to church a beggar and found I have a savior. So Anna Beden. It is also very simple. And Kemi Ogandi. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime event as three of our country's best Christian singer-songwriters come together in concert. October 12th, 6.30 at Maitland SDA Church. Call 0413122348 now to book your seat. Hi, my name is Pastor BJ. And I'd like to invite you to join us at Bunbury Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are a vibrant church community that meets every Sabbath at 9.30am for Bible study, followed by a worship service at 11am. There are a number of groups that meet throughout the week where we eat, share and study the Bible together, including groups for families and young people. For more information, please contact me on 0422 896 553. That's 0422 896 553. someone else's shoes Strange how I've tried 
To walk this road alone, not knowing the things I might find. Life goes on, but now the fears of living life for me are gone. I know that your love can save me from myself in ways I can't explain. Forgive me. 